HMTC Behind the Scenes Podcast. Hello, I'm Sylvia Gonzalez, Sharer, Artistic Director of Hanford Multicultural Theater Company, with co-host Camille Sharer, the Managing Director of HMTC. Hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Welcome to our podcast. We are based in the Central Valley in Hanford, California. Hanford Multicultural Theater Company's mission is theater for all people. We are here to enrich the community with our performing arts opportunities. We have a number of things that we do for the community who want to experience the performing arts. They include acting, improv, playwriting, and puppetry classes for people of all ages. Today, we have Mark Saltzman on the line. Mark is gifted in so many areas. We're just going to let him talk today. Mark, good to have you here. Hi, ladies. How are you? I'm very honored to be on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for accepting our offer to be on our podcast. You are a very talented person. You have so many skills, and it's it's just so hard to pinpoint uh, what you would like to talk about. So we're just going to let you have the floor. What do you want to tell us about yourself? But first, tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, first, I'm, I'm really proud of your your company and what you've done, and to be a part of it the, the way I have with the um, – the day of the dead program and the other programs you've, you've allowed me to be a part of. It's really an honor. And puppetry has been a, I I guess has been a big part of my life. The last, I'd say it kind of kicked in in 2002 when I auditioned for Disney's bear in the big blue house. And it was a, um, a touring company that, that took, three episodes of TV shows and turned them into a live stage show. Um, and I played the father on with two kids and mom and we get lost in the woods and we meet bear and all the puppets. And I toured with that for about three years. Um, and it was such a, an amazing show to be on mostly because of the puppeteers. There were, there were nine different puppeteers that would, hide basically in different places of of the sets and in trap doors in the floor and I was just blown away how they could just make this object made out of fur and plastic come to life uh, and it you know just inspired me in a different way as an actor dancer performer to to tell stories so that's for my kind of the passion of puppetry was reunited, rekindled in me. And then I just kind of followed it and um, met some of these other wonderful puppeteers and asked them, where'd you go to school? Where did you learn how to do this? And uh, that led me to the Eugene O'Neill theater in Waterford, Connecticut. And they have a, um, a large summer conference. Uh, every every year, well, it's been kind of knocked out of the way because of COVID. Um, but I learned a lot there from all, and I met so many wonderful puppeteers from around the world and different types of puppetry. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of where it started. Uh, then I then I started a passion for actually creating, building puppets. Um, 
And on the tour, my one of my friends made me a a puppet of a character that I kind of created on the on the bus while we were touring because you there's a lot of travel days where you travel from city to city and you become a a unique family unit with the rest of your cast members and crew members and I created this persona little Esther she's a she's an older lady and she's a little grouchy <laughs> and. And so, uh, and then one of the guys actually built a puppet of her, which made it even more funny. And um, so she traveled with us quite often to the airports and we entertained people around <laughs> during our travels. Well, she fell apart one day, the inside of her mouth fell apart. Oh. So my mom's an artist and we're like, well, hey, let's look and let's take it apart and see if we can fix it. And I got a few books. And with the, and I got all the contacts from Eugene O'Neill, I I started asking questions. How do you, how do you make something stronger when you, when you put a mouth plate together? How do you make it so it doesn't fall apart? And and that's where those skills came from. And then YouTube and um, just other seminars and um, there's lots of conventions all over the United States and the world, puppeteers of America. So I've just been able to meet really really cool people and be involved with uh fun projects yeah yeah you that's kind of how it started yeah you introduced me to the puppet uh slams and i've been kind of obsessed with that and uh it's amazing all the variety and different types of puppets there's out there you know it's- yeah there's so many i think most people lean towards muppets first or that's what they think of first mm-hmm. But puppetry has so many layers, shadow puppetry, boon raku, um, marionettes, hand rod, theater. It just, the list goes on of the different ways to express yourself through story and object. And that's, it's truly just fascinating to watch performers manipulate these objects and you stop looking the performance sometimes and you just see the object and you, you just fall totally into the story um that's the magic that comes along with puppetry and what i love about hampered multicultural theater company what you've been doing is you can take somebody who's not really an actor who or or doesn't feel completely comfortable on stage or getting in front of other people and put a puppet on their hand they hide behind something and they become so expressive and they really, um, they just come out of their shell. I've watched kids of all ages uh, just tell these stories with objects. It's, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. We had you here a couple years ago do um, a puppetry class with the youngsters. And it, I took a lot of pictures because that was absolutely beautiful to watch you work with them. And you did the Raku. so fun. Yeah, the Raku type pop, uh, puppetry. That was really yeah. 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 Boomeriku is more of a, it's a Japanese um, style where you have more than one person on a puppet. Like someone, you have a lead, there's always a lead person and they're usually holding the head and the body. And then you have somebody using the, moving the hands and moving the feet. Another person using moving the feet. And when you working together to bring this object to life and to make it when you manipulate to make the walking look look um, spectacular, it's really a an amazing kind of team building activity for people who haven't been puppeteers. 
to put something together and really work together. So there, and there's, that's, there's so many layers of puppetry that translate into any other art form or daily life. I mean, all these kids that you're teaching are, are going to someday have to give a presentation at work. And having that skill set of, of being able to perform or bring something to an audience translates into every walk of life. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah. I have um, a question for you, Mark. So you've made um, multiple, like multiple, multiple puppets. Which one was your favorite and which one was the hardest one that you've had to work on? Well, <laughs> um, I had a dance studio for a while and I uh, was always, I was kind of in the beginning of my puppetry uh, dabbling of creation, creating puppets. And there was this, art battle it was called in, in in the area I lived in and you had to create you had to turn an object uh, that was something into something else mm. and I bought these six different dogs from Costco <laughs> and then I took them all apart in this performance kind of um, night and there was, it was a fundraiser and pulled them all apart and I sewed them all back together and I made bib overalls with, with these parts. So feet, legs, the tail with a bib overalls and the, and then I made like a, the head and, and the two arms put those together and made a large six foot standing dog puppet. <laughs> so was it kind of like a, like a Franken puppet sort of thing? <laughs> like it, it was a full body. No, but you like used the different like dogs. Is that what you're she, saying? She she said it's like a Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah like, like Franken puppet. The animals apart. And yeah, turned, and you turned yeah. them all into one. So it was kind of like a big Franken dog, right? Sort of. Yeah. Well, it was all the same dog. So it was a big white fluffy dog puppet uh -huh. um, stuffed animal, and I would say they were about three and a half foot long, um, and they had a big fluffy head, big ears. And I just started ripping at the seams and pulling apart. There's fluff and foam and hair everywhere. And it was it made the it made a great mess. And then I just pulled it apart, made the costume. I enlarged the head, and I had previously I had made a strong mouth plate and put the mouth plate in, and then I was able to um, manipulate the mouth. And he really the the fur on this this dog was it, it was just incredible fabric. Uh, and it moves so well, and he's been a hit in every everything I've done. And, and he started as how much is that dog in the window? And these little girls danced around him, and he just I, I just at that point we just I made a doghouse from for him, and the girls had him in the in his um in their recital dance. Oh, so cute. which that has turned into a kind of a gag. <laughs> a lot of these potlatch and uh, and different puppetry conventions I went to, they have a thing where they everybody kind of comes together and they tell they try to we just try to make each other laugh with our stories. Mm -hmm. So I've turned that how much that doggy into the window, and he's so cute and fluffy, but then he becomes um, <laughs> he terrorizes the whole set, tears the set apart, oh, no. and then ends up peeing on the audience. So. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> it killed 
every time because they like everybody sees this stuff and they go oh it's so cute and then it ends up eating a bird and a rabbit and ripping it apart and then lifting his leg and then the other actor who's with me squirts a squirt gun into the audience oh <laughs> i got it yeah so it's 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 quite it's and we've i've done that a couple times at these uh conventions there's a great one that's the thing if anybody wants to learn about puppetry there's so many great local and regional puppetry festivals and and puppet slams and all around and the last one I went to was Kukla, the guy who created uh kukla fran and ali uh burr tilstrom and they did a kukla fest here in saugatuck michigan and it was probably one of the best uh conventions i had been to because of the people who came and presented and then just to hear burr tilstrom's history of a puppeteer and someone found all these puppets and objects and memorabilia that he had collected in an old trunk that was stuck in a garage and they pieced it all together. There was videos, there was interviews and it was just a wonderful week of, of different presenters showing how they build stuff and really sharing their ideas too. So there's actually puppetry conventions. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Every year uh, or different at, cities? Every, every year and, and from from New York to California, uh, there's different regional uh, Puppeteers of America. If you type in Puppeteers of America, you can find a local chapter. And then from, from there, you'll meet there's other chapters that have that have maybe they're not close enough to the big one in, in, in LA. So they'll have their little ones other, other places too. And people get together and they, and they, but there's usually a convention every year. Um, and there's a few here in Michigan that, that are, that are closer to me that uh, I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm going to have to go to one of those. Cause I sure would like yeah. to see how to make the puppets. That sounds fascinating. And because I've seen so many different types of puppets, uh, it's just amazing. Just the variety. And I, I mean, I, I even saw somebody use their little pinky finger as a puppet and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just a just a basic, if you, um, if you stick your thumb, your pointer finger and your pinky up, and tilt your middle finger and your ring finger down and then take your pink and thumb and put it together. Those are puppet arms right there. And the, and the pointer finger is the head. There was hand puppets that, that a lot of, a lot of stories tell the, the mouth don't move, but it's mostly, you know, using your hand to be expressive. Like, um, let that's like, uh, punch and Judy mm. puppets from long ago. And there, there's just, so many different styles. Chicago Puppetry International Festival is usually January, February of every year, and and that they they brought some amazing artists from I believe it was Nicaragua, and they and a guy came in and he just had three of these little hand puppets and stage that he that it all folded down into a briefcase. And it was it. I was laughing my bum off and these kids were so entertained and he was he was just so charismatic as a performer and then when you talk to him he was the shyest man <laughs> <He> was so <laughs> so reserved and 
that's 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 the one thing I love about the puppetry is how you can be so expressive with an object, and it doesn't matter what it is. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and it can be the simplest thing too, because I remember like when I was a kid, and we used to like in our kindergarten class and stuff, they would just have us do like the shadow puppets with just our hands on the wall, and and that is enough right there. Yeah, to, to. and then I, I kind of got known for building a, a few things for them, and we eventually built our way up to Lion King, and with a team of six other people, built the large elephant, the rhinoceros, cheetah. We we built all the objects um, as close as we could recreate to the main broad, the Broadway show from Julie Tamar uh, production. Oh, this was yeah, in Chicago. We, this was in Chicago. Yeah. G- give, uh, Chicago. Can you give us the? I know you have a YouTube of that. Can you give us the uh, the YouTube, or I can actually put that on our on our podcast, the YouTube, because that was beautiful. Yeah, there's some. The, yeah, that that show was just. Yeah, you know, sometimes things magic things happen where you get these wonderful collaborators all together, and we had this dream team of people to bring the costumes, the sets, the lights, the, the puppets, the performers, the music together. And this is a, a middle school production. And we actually added, I can't remember how many extra weeks they added because so many people wanted to see it again or we just sold out and people, we couldn't get all the parents <laughs> to see it. So they, we had to make sure all the parents could see their, how much work their children did. Um, so yeah, the puppet, the it took five people to operate the elephant and it was about 120 pounds wow and that that yeah it's a big kind of a heavy puppet mm-hmm. and it was pretty i had safety people around a lot too because these are you know these are kids these are middle schoolers and they were just troopers and they they were there throughout all the the different steps of construction where i would put i so i would put the puppets on them and get them used to the weight, like the giraffe, the girls who did the giraffe, they, they wore the harnesses around during all the practice. And then we'd slowly start adding components to it. So it got heavier and heavier and we had zero injuries. Um, and it was just, I mean, we, we injured a few puppets, but those are easy <laughs> to fix. We don't want to ever want to, <laughs> we don't want to not any people a, or children. <laughs> yeah. The, the process that you Absolutely. said right now of, of, you know, putting it on them little by little so they could get used to the weight, that sounds very similar to what you did when you built um, our skeleton puppet for our Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, skeleton. Um, you, you, I know you yeah. did that with some of the the guys who were going to be controlling that. I know you would, every once in a while, you know, you would put it on them, get them used yeah. to the weight, and then you would add a little bit more. So that the process is, was similar for that, too. Yeah. Even with a, you know, two pound little foam and fleece puppet that you're holding above your head, mm-hmm. if that scene is 15 minutes long and your, your puppet's up the whole entire time, your arm gets tired. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there, there's a conditioning that has to happen while you learn to um, bring this object to life that has to be a part of all the rehearsal. Yeah. So puppeteers yeah. have strong arms, I guess, because <laughs> or you or you will gain one. <laughs> <laughs> you truly you gain puppet muscles that you never thought you had. Yeah. And and hiding too, like hiding behind a 
a screen, it's really important to have things that are as comfortable as possible for the performer so they can really um, hold their arm up or, you know, especially if you're, if you're writing a pup show for puppetry, you got to think about how, do, how long is this puppet going to be up in the air before it enters and exits just like a normal actor would so that, so you're not, you know, just killing your, your performer mm-hmm. <laughs> with holding this arm up too long. Yeah, we have some pictures of that, Dia de los Muertos skeletons. So if I um, will just tell the audience now, if you Google Hanford Multicultural Theater Company, Hanford Dia de los Muertos, um, you can, uh, and then put in skeleton, 13 foot skeleton, they can see you, they can see the skeleton, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of work the crowds. And if they were to put in, what is it, Chicago Middle School, Lion King? It would be Bravo Theater. Bravo, Bravo Theater. Yeah, Bravo Performing Arts Theater in, in Oak Park, Illinois, which is just, it's a west suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, they can see a lot of the puppetry that we did. We did, uh, James and the giant peach had, uh, nine different puppets and, and sometimes a puppet can be just an object hanging from a stick mm-hmm. and anything that a person manipulates to tell a portion of the story can be, um, a puppet. And we had these big peach, this, it was a huge tree and the tree as it came together, it, when the, when the, it was all silhouette. So when the lights came up in the back and you, sh- you could see the shadow of the tree and there was like nine different performers with these long bamboo sticks with different pieces of the tree. And then this big storm comes through and they all went separate places and it just kind of broke apart and flew away. It was so neat. Um, so sometimes set pieces can turn into, you know, part so much of, of, of the story to t- tell part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then, but so training those performers um, to, you know, manipulate that object to bring the, bring that story to life was really, really fun too. And it's, it's a lot harder than people realize <laughs> mm-hmm. once they really try to do it well, because there's elements of puppetry. When we're talking to each other, we look in each other's eyes. So there's, you want your puppet, if it has a face, or, or if it like this tree, you need it to grab the focus. Mm-hmm. So you're focusing your puppet towards the where to the your intention forward or towards the person you're speaking to. And and objects have weight. We have gravity on our body. So when a puppet is walking, there should be an element of gravity. It shouldn't float. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's breath. Breath is one of the most important things to make a puppet look really real. Um, does it breathe? And if you're, as the performer, if you take a big breath, your arm will raise and lower and it'll give that, it'll give that illusion that this is, that, that, that's why it just kind of, the performer sometimes disappears and the, and the object becomes the focus because it it has weight, it has focus, it has breath. I've seen some puppets without um, eyes and mouth. You know, they, it's just a a head. And it's interesting because you're absolutely right. It's the puppeteer who who gives life to it, gives the energy to it. And, and, and it just seems so real, but it's the puppeteer doing it, but it, it seems so real just being, you know, faceless, basically. Yeah, kind of like yeah. the the 
the Bone Raku puppet that he did with, with our students. Like that one, it was just a body, but it didn't have a face. It didn't, you know, and, and that one still, the kids were able to add so much personality to what the puppet did or whatever it was they were trying to portray that it was doing and it didn't have a face and it still was like the same concept. I remember how much those kids loved that. That was so they much were fun. So cute. It was yeah. adorable. And that's a, that's a great, I, I, I taught, I taught a class at a, um, <laughs> it was a mortgage office, I believe, but they were trying to do some team building activities and a, a friend there knew, knew that I knew some puppetry and I said, I, I can teach you a, an excellent team building activity. And we did the same thing. You take a big gigantic piece of paper, wrap tape around it, turn it into a body and a head. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that's hard about Boon Raku is you're so close, so on yeah. top of each other. And you have to work together to really make that, you know, some, the person who has the head turns the, say they turn the head to the right. And then now we're going to walk to the right. So the mm-hmm. first kind of, and, and if you're thinking about us as humans, before we move, we look. <laughs> so the mm-hmm. puppet looks, the whole body can turn, and then the feet, have a, they have a, a weight, step, step, step. But as we step, our arms naturally swing. So putting that arm swing, the legs together, the head turning in the body, and then you take three people in an office and make them do this. The one thing, the thing that happens is that childlike person in us comes out we we all have a little child in us that still wants to play and and then working together by the end of that little seminar that i taught everybody in there was smiling laughing and you know seeing their coworkers in a different way mm-hmm. um and it, it was it's really a fun team building exercise that that i've used a couple times wow that sounds marvelous I like that. Yeah. I like that. And then we, we haven't really talked about ventriloquism. That's a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you get to the, the people who have studied um, not moving their lips while they're still bringing an object to life. And there's so many more mechanisms of, a, of an eye blink and, and the mouth moving. And, but you'll see it. You'll see a ventriloquist animate an arm and a body. And, uh, but, and that's, that's a whole nother level of, uh, of the aspect of, of live theater with an object. And sometimes ventriloquists don't like to call themselves puppeteers. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? But I, I say if, you, if you're, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, they're maybe cause like because, the level's different because not only are they like animating something, but they're doing it without like moving, the, yeah, yeah, moving, moving their, their lips. lips or their body or, you know, or, Maybe that's why, but or trying to suspend um, reality in some ways. Yeah, that it's really them speaking, but no, it isn't. It's the puppet, or mm-hmm. it's the yeah, it's yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's them playing two characters, which is another. It's a hard, hard, hard. If you, if you watch mm-hmm. somebody transition from the character to themselves, how quickly they do it. There's some amazing performers out there um, that can do it so well. But I say, if if you're bringing an object. And telling a story with an object, and um, I, they call them ventriloquist dummies, but I, I'd rather call it a ventriloquist puppet. And a lot of pup, a lot of puppeteers have borrowed elements of ventriloquism, mm-hmm. the mechanisms for like the eye blinks or different things to, that that puppets have moving objects from the ventriloquist world. Ventriloquist world, um, but they're and it's, I mean it's the, fun because. Sorry, go ahead. 
you, you, I've seen, I've met a lot of ventriloquists at these other puppeteer con- conventions as well. So it does, it does cross over a little bit, but they, they like to be their own little unit too. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that. I mean, it, it kind of, I get what you're saying. It is kind of, you like to call it the same thing because ultimately the build of the ventriloquist, the puppet is, is the same style as a regular puppet, but it's the way that they're performing with it. That makes it a different category. It's different. Yeah. So those go ahead. Sorry. We're we're both so excited about talking to you about puppets. We're interrupting you. (laughs) (laughs) You get my, my, well, did you have something else about ventriloquism? Well, I was going to ask about those conventions. Do do you get a lot of uh, ventriloquists there or is it just mostly, you know, the hand puppet uh, crowd? It's all different types. Shadow puppetry, um, toy theater puppetry is like these little small objects where people will make they'll make these intricate stages and, and like and their small tabletop like stage that um, sets, it sets up there and they move the little objects around while they're telling their stories. Uh, the, the Eugene O'Neill is, is, is they really focus on, you know, telling that story with the object and making it believable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the focus leans more on the story occasionally, but, and then usually what happens is, there was probably 150 people there the first time I went and you sit in a circle and you pitch an idea. And, and so then, and then they pick about 12 of the ideas you break off into groups and you workshop those ideas. And then you do a kind of preliminary story with just real simple objects. And then the group together collectively pick six. And those are the six that everybody ends up working on. Then you're either a performer, you're writing the music, you're writing the script, you're doing the all the elements it takes to build the puppets, to build the stage, costumes if they're involved, and then those six stories are presented to the public um, at that convention. It's, it's it's magnificent to see, and this is six days. Oh, six day things. convention. I was going to ask you how long yeah. you guys have, and you for see that. it come, you see it fall together. Well, day seven is. And all all these people come from New York over to the Eugene O'Neill Theater to see these productions, and that's where Avenue Q came from. Was workshopped at the O'Neill, um, so that was really interesting to to see how someone has an idea and, and brings it there, and you get all these other collaborators together to really give you ideas and and make it come to life. So. Wow, that's amazing. And with all different, there was shadow, shadow puppetry, toy theater, hand rods, hand puppets, just so many different elements. And then marionettes. That's where I was going to go next. I had the, mm-hmm. I had the extreme pleasure of meeting Jim Rose, uh, Rose, the Rose family, who were the children of Howdy Doody, of the creator for Howdy Doody. And he has taught, you know, hundreds of people. Unfortunately, we just lost him during COVID. Um, he taught so many people how to build marionettes and string them and different, the, the vast difference of marionette puppetry is, is probably the hardest to master, to really, mm-hmm. um, to get the strings, like just even a little hand wave or a nod 
there's the, the nuance of that is so it takes years and years of practice. And he was an amazing, amazing instructor. Yeah, I think the marionettes were they the original puppets? And I guess I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I, you know, there's so many different elements of of, of puppetry, and I, I don't. I'm, I'm not there. There is right there, close to there, is the oh, there's a there's a college, and they have a whole um, puppetry theater program. You can actually get a degree in puppetry arts. Um, it'll come to me. And and a lot of the people who go to the O'Neill and enroll in that college, um, oh, it's gonna gonna haunt me now. I might have to I might have to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead yeah, and Google a, it if you need to. It's a wonderful wonderful program, but yeah, yeah. I was just so, thinking about you know if i was introduced to puppetry earlier i i may have wanted to major in puppetry i could see that i can i can see that yeah i i i i don't know i've I, through you i've become addicted to puppetry oh yes oh yes <laughs> and um and i i try to make puppets she's dabbling in it i'm she's dabbling, dabbling. <laughs> i'm dabbling yeah i I loved your the last the last picture you sent me with the with the the Korean man. They're great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I I have his son in the process. I'll send you a picture of that. I made that slightly different, um, but it's kind of. I don't know. It's very, when I get all stressed out in the day, I go sit at the craft mm -hmm. table and I start to work on the puppets and I just feel so much better afterwards and I'm relaxed. Yeah. So, and I, in fact, I wrote an article for the local paper here about puppetry because I discovered that, that puppetry or making puppets or being involved in something with the puppets is really healing and uh, I I remember sending you a, a text about that, how how healing that was, and you were like, "Well, of course." <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. the The name of the uh, puppetry program there is in UConn, U University of Connecticut. Oh. Um, has a wonderful. It's a graduate degree program in puppetry arts, uh, and there is there is such a human element of being creative, even if you're not a, a, a artist. But just creating something and mm -hmm. and you know building is so therapeutic and such a part of who we are as humans that um, and I know a lot of a lot of artists and myself included if I if I don't do something in the in a creative manner I feel like that it will <laughs> trigger a sadness in my body where I like mm -hmm. I just need to do something and need a project. Mm -hmm. um, I have yeah. to agree that it is very ther therapeutic and artists, um, whether, totally. yeah, whether you're a very professional artist or you just like to dabble in art once you do something that's a little creative, you, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, so maybe you release a chemical in your brain, the pleasure, sure, you know, some, some, some dopamine. Yeah. And you're, the, and, yeah. and you get happy and you can kind of like, you have a little spring in your step for the rest of the day because you created something that, mm -hmm. that yeah. gave you a lot of pleasure. Like, some, some art, all, all artists can be perfectionists and it's, it's knowing when to step back from that and, and look at it and let, and, and cause there's always someone who'll say to you, wow, that looks really good. And you go, yeah, but, and it's that little nagging mm -hmm. doubt where we want to make it perfect. It's just, 
just let the creativity flow, let it happen. I mean, you as a writer, um, it, it's so amazing. You've done so many plays that you've incorporated for Hanford Multicultural Theater Company. Um, and that's one skill that I, it, that's always eluded <laughs> myself to be able to, the fruition of the, from the beginning to the end of a, of a, of a writing a, a story mm-hmm. um, is, is, is definitely a skill that's hard to master for most. Yeah. But like uh, you said, it's just, you know, don't be hard on yourself and just yeah. go, just go, you know, just do just it. Right, and then, right. I mean, ultimately yeah. like, you know, there's going to be somebody that likes it. And I feel like when you create something or do something, like I'm not really, I'm not really like super into like, you know, writing and stuff like that, but I've done it. And I know that there's always going to be one, at least one person that likes it. And I feel like that's enough. Like as long as you reach like one person or you touch one person, regardless of whatever creative outlet that you're doing, then I feel like that's enough right there. Well, that's where you, um, you please yourself because you created something. And uh-huh. if somebody says, Hey, I like that, then that's really mm-hmm. enough. That's really, even if it's just one person. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 Well, and that's the beauty of puppetry. You, you stick a puppet up in the air and automatically smiles happen. Yes. It, I've seen that, that. That's the one beautiful thing about, uh, the puppetry art. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you never know what that. The other thing is, is like, me mostly being on like you know the outside looking in like me mostly being like audience and not really like doing it myself but like it is it, you're right as soon as you see somebody hold up a puppet you just smile because you're like okay what's gonna happen what are they gonna say what are they gonna do like it's really unpredictable mm-hmm. and so you like almost like you look forward to it you're like okay so what what's gonna what's gonna come out this puppet's mouth or what what is this puppet gonna do like you know well, I think it's like yeah. the memory when you were a kid and they pulled out a puppet. You know, mm-hmm. when you were a child, you smiled instantly. And I guess as an adult, you have kind of that sense mm-hmm. memory. You go, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. It's a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, um, the, the level of, levels of emotion that, that just, uh, you know, a puppet that's sad just drops its head. Just mm-hmm. that little movement of the head dropping forward evokes emotion in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with those words movements and the, of the storyline all together, you can really convey, um, really touch an audience deeply just with a puppet. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, the beauty of it. And a lot of beauty. Well, there's a lot of beauty in you, Mark. Uh, you have yeah, a lot of, you. you're welcome. You have a lot of skills and you have a lot of, you know, Uh, things that are so valuable for people to hear would you consent to come back again and we can ask you more questions about other things that you do because you've mentioned you were a dancer an actor a puppeteer and i think you said you build things and so would you come back oh absolutely yeah i'm i'm definitely a part of your of hmtc's family for and we love I, I mean, you. <laughs> I love, yeah. Every time I come out there, it's been super fun. That's that's I, I, the one thing when I come to Camp Sylvia and Tom, Camp and Sylvia. then hey, we need five puppets. There's, it's so it's like the creativity uh-huh. just flows out of me. <laughs> and and I and mean, like, you you built our our um 
our puppet puppet stage for us too like our our little puppet theater so not just puppet building that you do you do you know the accessories in the stage building set building everything yeah i fall in love with pvc pipe the one thing when i like going back to my little esther whose mouth fell apart you know if you make the puppet strong whatever it's built out of mm-hmm. um it, it'll last longer because they get dropped they get mm-hmm. bumped uh, moving parts are going to break at some point so i i started thinking about well how and and, and then from being on that professional show watching professional puppeteers work a puppet so a puppet builder built this thing the puppeteer is moving it so fast and and then the mouth is ripped and so someone so usually on on big stage theater companies have two and three of the same puppet one that's performing and something else that's being repaired Mm. so when i when i'm building i'm thinking about how how can this not fall apart? If, if something happens because in theater, we know something always happens. Right. Yeah, how is it not going to fall apart? So I really think about the glue I'm using, the pivot point, um, you know, it, making it safe. So the puppeteer doesn't get scratched or anything cuts mm-hmm. them. You know, there's, there's all, all types of different things to think about while you're building these. And um, then sometimes you get puppeteers who aren't as, they they didn't build it. They don't have the love for the app. They have the love for the performance, but they may not have the love for the the creativity of the thing. So they may not take as a, a great care of the object as as, as they should. Um, so when you see puppet builders and and true puppeteer nerds like myself, we're like, oh my god, can I touch that? And you're so gentle with this, with these puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the uh, a rare opportunity to hold. Some puppets from uh, you know from the twenties, and they they were all tangled. And the guy said, "Would would you're a puppet builder?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Would you help me untangle these?" And I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" And they were, um, oh, and I'm losing his name. They were Bill Bard. Bill Bard was a marionettist puppeteer from the twenties and thirties, and the, he made some stunning, stunning objects. And I got to touch some of these, and they were it was just like holding a <laughs> a treasured object. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of puppets haven't they didn't last because of the way they were um, the, the materials they were used. They, but so that's why I really started to think about my objects. And then what am I making it out of? Gonna how can we? I love the PVC pipe with the with the puppet stage because mm-hmm. it can all come apart. Mm-hmm. You glue certain places and not glue the others goes apart it can sit right into someone's car um and then off to the off to the school to do the performance or to a library or um like we have it at your theater it's pretty stationary but it's really easy for that to come apart and and go outside and to really bring bring these stories to more people who may not be able to come right to the theater right Wow, you got me thinking here that I got to make more puppets and <laughs> and I got to have you come down and make puppets for us. We have a studio now. We have this we we, we have a whole little setup you can use. We have a setup here with double tables and lights oh, and you know, you're protected from the elements. 
you're not sitting out there in the outdoors in the cold like you did, uh, yeah. making stuff for us. Your yeah. hands from going living, numb from being cold. Yeah. <laughs> living in Michigan and coming to California, there's, there's, that's you know, true. It's, it's pretty, it, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's not that cold. We're just being dramatic, you know? Yeah. Your, your fluctuations, though, that's what the, the Central Valley then going from, you know, 80 in the daytime down to 40s. It was like, wow, how, mm-hmm. how high they, they go. It's such an amazing area of the United States. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to doing our stories that we've, we've kind of been working on a long time and yeah. Bum that COVID kind of yeah I know curb for a while but they'll they'll happen and yeah we'll have you back here to do some more stuff for us and maybe yeah, eventually you will want to move here and live here someday so, yeah hope so yeah. yeah being mom's caregiver now is pretty important of so course when, yes. yeah yeah that's that's it's re- rewarding and and in its ways so. But, well, yeah, no. Well, you got a puppet you got to make for me, so. I do. Yeah. <laughs> all these pieces are laying there. I've been looking at them. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll it, get... it, it's, get, it's, getting, it's getting closer to, it'll fall all together as soon as I awesome. get down there. Actually, the, the, the main thing that's happened, I have a, I have my, all my puppet materials are in the basement right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets pretty cold down there in the winter, so there's not there's not a, a, a perfect heat source down there. That's why it's hard. But it's getting warmer here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then I went down there and said, "I'm going to get at this." And I went down there, and a mouse or something has mm-hmm. died oh, <laughs> no. down there. And it's, oh, so it's, it's not very pleasant to be down there right it's, now. It's not very pleasant to be down there. And it's happened in the past where it was a I found a, a dead bat body, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> is that what it is?" So you just got to go down down there with a candle and, you know, one of your face masks to block out the smell and just, (laughs) you know, that's what's down there right now. Those little candle heat warmers and you set the candle on it. Yeah. I've got four of those going down there right now. That's good. Great. Yeah. That's that's the next project. Yeah. Well, Well, girls, thank you so much. for. Well, it's great talking to you. Absolutely. Likewise. We'll have to bring you on again because I know there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, we're gonna we'll, yeah. we'll do it. We'll do a part two with Mark. Yes. Part, part Absolutely. Two. We'll do a part two yeah. with Mark. And there's there's so many people out there who, who want to learn how to start puppetry and writing. And as as you know, Sylvia, like when you write for puppetry, there's all the different elements of oh well, how is this puppet going to enter and exit? It right. brings a whole different element of theater that you have to kind of see beforehand because um, it's not as easy to move something and and get it out of the way quickly and, and make it interesting um, that the audience is it's not going to, there's not going to be any pauses or um or it's not it, it, the story's not going to read very well, and I'm going to understand the, under understand the story. So there's so many different elements once you place an object um, rather than a, a person. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. different. So I'm sure there's lots of people who have questions or who want to learn more. And right. There's so much information out there, and there's so many great Instagram um, sites with. Uh, great puppeteer sharing and a lot of that's the one one thing that i i I find really important about puppetry is to to share this art form because there's not a lot of people doing it uh and it's such an amazing way of telling stories i just feel it's so 
so so important to not lose this art form. I agree. Cannot lose this art form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank well, so, you again. Thank and, you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, this is HMTC Behind the Scenes podcast. We've been talking to Mark Saltzman, who right now is in Michigan. And I promise everybody that we will bring you down, Mark. You will come down and maybe do a, a puppetry workshop or even just a discussion. You, you're very fun to listen to. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Camille. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Mark. Bye.